Hi, welcome to the Overthinking Arsenal podcast. Please make sure to like, share and subscribe if you can. I hope you enjoy the episode. has to prove points 
every single time. I said in the last podcast that, listen, he's going to create heroes, he's going to create villains. And you know what he did last night? He almost did the same thing. If it wasn't for the sake that it was a, a League Cup match, maybe we look at Ceballos a different way. Maybe we look at Guendouzi a different way. We were doing so well. Why? Why tinker? There's no reason to tinker at that point. It's going backwards and forwards. We all understand that this is most probably a trash game. We can't rate anybody on it. If Liverpool lost, they didn't care. You know, Klopp, I don't think, was angling to win this match. You've heard him in the comments that he made afterwards. He came out and he was like, listen, if we, we're, we're probably going to have to forfeit the next match. He put out 16-year-olds. But yet still. Just finish the match, man. We know this wasn't your first choice. We know that you are under pressure to play Ozil. We know all that stuff. Just, just finish the match. Last night was so amazing to watch. All the emotions I felt went through my body. But then, when that sub was made for Ozil, I got a pit in my stomach. To make it worse, then he goes and takes off Torreira. Now, look, I can deal with one because essentially they do two different things on the field. I can, I can get it, okay? 65th minute, we are up however many goals to however many goals. I think it was 4-3 at the time. I think it was 4-4, I'm not sure. You're taking off your creative midfielder so that you can plug the gap. In essence, I get what he was doing. But what didn't make sense is that you take off your best attacking, your best player of the match. Then you take off a defensive midfielder. So you've got an attacking midfielder off and then you take off a defensive midfielder. So essentially what you're saying to us is that, okay guys, we're not looking to defend, we're not looking to attack. What I'm going to do now is impose my will on this match. You could see Ozil's face. Like, Unai came out now and he was like, no, it was discussed before the match that he could only play... This man has played, what, 140 minutes all season long. We know it's more likely that he's not going to play on Saturday. Besides that, Torreira. Here's Torreira. He hasn't played for a while. He's enjoying when he comes inside or when he starts playing. Of course, he's been relegated to Europa. But he's doing well. There's an excitement, man. And what does Unai do? He needs to impose his will. I don't know, man. Like, at some point as a coach, I guess. I don't know. I've never been a coach. But at some point, I'd sit down and I'd go, maybe this is working. And honestly, these performances that we've had in Europa, these performances that we've had in the League Cup, 
they really just show me one thing and it goes back to a core belief of mine regarding Emery. Emery is a great coach for B and B plus players. Players who owe him something. Players who understand that I I wouldn't be playing if this guy doesn't pick me. So I'm going to listen to what he says. I'm going to execute what he says and I'm going to do well. He's great at that. You can't manage ego. And we've seen a couple of examples. But we got to the 75th minute, 80th minute and I was like, we're back. We're back to playing that football. I don't know if it's something that he wants to change in himself. So he's hammering on this. But listen, just win the match, man. I enjoyed watching Ozil. You see, my argument for Ozil has always been I don't need him to tackle. I don't care if he does 0.5 tackles every match. I don't care if he runs back. I don't care if he pressures. Because what he does is you'll have three, four, five instances within the match where he creates something. And it doesn't have to be a direct pass. He played the ball directly into the box too. I think it was Maitland Niles or Saka. Got a shot off and scored. He got the assist for Maitland Niles. He plays some clever balls that put his teammates in different situations where you have to do something. I'll take that over back pass, back pass, sideways, back pass, sideways, back pass. But for some reason, Ozil is viewed in a negative light. Like, I'll give you an example. Let's take you through the stats from last night. 13 shots for Arsenal, 15 for Liverpool. 6 shots on targets for Liverpool, 7 for Arsenal. We had 33% of the possession, Liverpool had 67% of the ball. We only managed 331 passes. Liverpool had 637. Our pass accuracy was 71%. Their pass accuracy was 86%. We had 14 fouls, they had 8. We had 3 yellow cards, they had 2. They had 1 offside, and then we had 4 corners, and they had 6 points. We scored 5 goals, guys. Granted, it's against the B team. Granted, it's against kids, but... We scored five goals. We created five chances and five chances were converted. Willock found some sort of confidence inside him. Saka had confidence. Maitland Niles had confidence. Everybody just played better. And I'd argue that it's because you have a player on the field who does things, man. He does things for you. He does things for the crowd. He does things. If you give him the freedom to do what he needed to do. It just so happened that the freedom in this match came from him playing against inexperienced players. Less ball, less possession, less passes. But we managed more shots. We managed more chances. Hell, there was a point where we were pressing them from the front. Ozil pressed from the front. shows me that at least he can 
he understands the concept and he has his flicks and dances and all that stuff you see the one thing that stood out about Vega was that Vega was exciting we don't know what we're going to get but we know that it's going to be exciting at the very least Obviously he started winding down towards the end but but the whole point of Vengabo was that it was exciting. I watched a compilation of those goals and man that was football. I missed that type of stuff. I'm tired of watching us play pragmatically but still lose. We were told that we're going to have to sacrifice the way we play. in order for more structure to get more structure in order to get more more nous in order to be able to control games in order to be able to control our defense our defense but now we've got structure we've got nous we've got all that but our defenders are still making the same mistakes that we're making under Vega but the difference is our strikers aren't getting any any supply It's just said that at the end of the match the subs happen and the game slowed down. That's that's what happened. But you see at the end of that match if we had lost, I would have been fine knowing that we had an amazing night where we were reminded of football or the, the joy of football. Yes, it's a throwaway game, it's a reserve game, but we were we were reminded of what we can do as Arsenal Football Club. A hallmark of ours. Gabby Martinelli is going to be amazing. But I fear that all of this momentum, seven goals in seven games, is going to be one of those where he's going to go back to the bench and he's not going to be able to be used. Torreira showing what he can do at central defensive mid. He's going to go back to the bench or he's going to come back as bit bit parts and be expected to play number 10. Ozil may just go back to the stats. You know, part of me thinks Unai chose him for this match because he expected Klopp to come out and want to win everything. Then he looked over the match and he saw that this man is actually performing and it's going to put pressure on me because right now Shaka is probably not going to play. If he does play, I I predict a riot. But if he doesn't play, you need to free up another midfield option. Or you need to make a decision. And also this man is contracted. I like Sabayos. He's a midfield general. Not necessarily somebody who goes forward, but he knows how to control the ball, he doesn't lose it. He can keep the chains moving. But he's going back to Real Madrid. End of the season. We are developing him for that team. He may not even play in that team, but we're developing him for that team. while looking at contracted dudes and going yeah y'all are not going to play he's searching and searching and searching and searching but his best performances have been coaching the kids you know you watch Europa and they move differently the ball moves differently they move differently It's almost like two different systems. 
And maybe that's what he is. Maybe you should coach at Everton. No disrespect. Or if you're going to be controversial. Here's the thing about being controversial. If you're controversial and you don't win, you're not going to be remembered lightly. But be controversial then. I think what I would do if I was him was, okay, we're going into a couple of matches. Drop the seniors, put in the kids, let them run around because they're going to listen to it. See how that plays out. We've got nothing to lose, man. Like, we're already predicting matches for Wolves. We're already predicting matches, um, losses for Wolves. We're predicting losses when we're playing Leicester. It's already been predicted. So you know what, man? Go nuts. Do what you need to do. Play the kids. Put them out there. Create some competition. If the kids do badly, pull them out. It's fine. They're kids. If the kids do well, you have a bunch of senior players who are looking at them going, yo, what if I don't have a starting place? That's, that's It's competition, guys. Since we can't sign to create competition, let's create competition internally. Martinelli's doing well. Reward him. As he's rewarded Saka. Reward the midfield, guys. Because I don't think Shaq is coming back. And if he does, I don't see that playing out very well. You see, already you can see that Shaka saw this man, Unai, heard him tell him to apologize, and he was like, Yeah, look, dog, I, I don't care for you. Not my coach. Hashtag. Still hasn't said anything. Changing profile pictures on Instagram. All that jazz. And I get it. The fans went too far in that match. Especially in match. That's tough. Because then the other team is looking at you like, oh, okay, they're in disarray. We've got 20 minutes. Let's, let's capitalize. But in any case, don't go after people's kids. Wives. His wife just gave birth and people are screaming at him and shouting at him and abusing his wife too. People are screaming and shouting and abusing people like Obama. We're angry, yes. But let's keep it to football. Attacking characters is not going to help either. I don't know man, I don't know when this is gonna end. I don't know when Unai is gonna decide, listen, I'm done with this, or the board's gonna decide we're done with them because I don't feel like anybody's gonna be done with anybody unless there's pressure. It took us over 10 years to get pressure on Wenger. I don't know how long it's gonna take to get pressure on this man. I don't know if they feel pressure at this point. No statements, no whatever. They've been leaving him as well to go out and try. And go broken English his way out of press conferences where he's getting asked hard questions. This is when your exec step in. This is when Edu steps in. This is when somebody comes and shows some bit of solidarity. Because it doesn't seem like there's solidarity right now. There's vendettas against players. There's players liking things on social media in broad daylight we see them Hmm? that's not a team that's together 
and you only just have to watch Arsenal fan TV a couple of times to figure out that we're not a fan base that's together. There's a lot of discord at this club. And it needs to get fixed. It's not going to come from us fans. We're going to have to endure. But honestly, something needs to get fixed. Not patched up. We need an attitude change. We need a shift. I say we as if I sit in the board, but we all know it now. We knew it when we got rid of Wenger. That was the whole point of that whole thing was to shift our attitudes. But they carry on with the same thing. But you know what, man? He's a masochist. He's probably digging his own grave right now. I believe. Hopefully he turns it around. Not for his sake, but for the sake of the club. Liverpool rolled over yesterday. And we decided to roll over with them. Liverpool laid down. And we looked at them and said, yeah, we're going to lay down a bit more. But I'm glad that we got a very exciting match out of it. I'm glad we got a 10, a 10 goal thriller. Lifted spirits, even though we started seeing the cracks again, but lifted spirits. I haven't been that excited in the match in a while because I didn't know what was going to happen. Onwards to Wolves. that does it for another episode of the Overthinking Arsenal podcast. Be sure to like, share and subscribe and I'll see you after the next match day.